What is going on, guys? My name is Jonathan. This is Comic Book Cinema. I'm a little sick today, but I'm still here, still kicking. And I have three wonderful guests for you today. Two comedians, one from California, one from Mississippi, and a former metal guy, current awesome guy. <laughs> I'll let you guys introduce yourselves real quick. What up? All right. What's up? <laughs> What a comedian. What a comedian. <laughs> I still need to work on my intros. Anyway, <laughs> so today we have all assembled and gathered here to discuss Batman Forever. Unfortunately, I gave these poor gentlemen the task of watching this daunting two-hour film. I'm sure that everyone has a lot to say about it. I think that's why we couldn't figure out how to do an intro because we're still tired from accidentally nodding off during Batman Forever. Mm. You yeah, know, all I can think about is yeah. uh, Val's lips. <laughs> That's what I was going to point out too. My uh, my critique, like usually for like who can play Batman, I'm like, okay, who has like literally a square chin that can like not look stupid in the mask? But after watching mm -hmm. Batman Forever, I'm like, okay, you you also can't have duck lips because that doesn't really work either in the cow. Yeah, they're juicy. Yeah, man, he was like licking them and stuff. <laughs> I know that Tim and Wyatt are a, a lot younger than me. Thank you. Maybe it was because when I – like, I can literally remember the promotional material for this film. I can remember – you guys probably don't even remember TV Guide, but TV Guide would come out. It would be like a little small magazine, and, you know, it would come out every month in the mail, and it would basically tell you, like, you know, what to expect over the you next You got TV month. Guide in the mail? I got hey. – I saw it at the grocery store at the checkout hey. counter. Look. Well, yeah, that too. But I mean, I don't think we actually had a subscription to it, but I can remember owning the TV guide that, you know, had the promotional material for this upcoming film. And I was just hype about it. The new Robin costume. That's one thing I will say. One good thing that came out of this film was the modern iteration of that Robin, uh, Robin costume. But everything yeah, this else the first about with it, pants, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. it was like, you know, yep. like, converting it into armor as opposed to just a 13 year old kid wearing a green speedo. So here's how I always viewed Batman forever. Cause it came out like, I think I was like five or something and pretty much uh, Batman was all I cared about. I think the point of that movie and I mean, and I could be wrong. The point of it was to sell action figures and toys. That was the point of that movie. And I yeah. own so much stuff from that movie. You know, to me, it's always going to be a personal favorite because it has Jim in it and I will die on that hill. And, <laughs> you know, even though he's nuts, it's fine. I you think Jim Carrey's a good casting for it. A question mark into his head, like shave it. Uh, oh, that like doesn't actually, surprise me. Yeah, like shave it in the back of his head. Jim Carrey is great casting because he is yeah. the kind of person who will give a totally unhinged performance. Yes. Unfortunately, this is uh, this is my second time watching this movie. I didn't watch it as a kid. I had the Batman Forever Game Boy game, I and I and I could yeah. never get past the like the second level. It was really hard, so I had a grudge against Batman Forever for a long time. Having seen Batman and Robin a few times, it does solidify for me that Batman Forever walked so that Batman and Robin could could run and sprint and really go full in on the insane campy version that Joel Schumacher was trying to make all along. This still feels like he's got his foot in both camps trying to appease the studio 
right. trying to to still tell like a you know a sort of Tim Burtony darker Batman, but with some of the the campy elements uh, and insane characters, but not really being able to turn the the crazy dial up all the way. That's what yeah. makes this one a little more tolerable is the fact that, like you said, you know, you had one foot in, in each world because when you went full blown into that campy, super wild wackiness of Batman and Robin, oh my God. But see, yeah, I think, one. I, I think that's the way it should have been. I, re, I've reflected and I'm like, that's the, the, uh, the, the total insanity that I, that I did not realize Batman needed. Uh, right. And I will sit and I will, watch this movie and be like, oh yeah, there's some, there's some fun moments. There's some inspired choices here. Uh, there's also a lot of really weird choices that I still don't understand. Why do we have some of these moments in this movie? Why did we cast somebody to play Two-Face who hates yeah. being involved in the movie at all? Like, like Tommy Lee Jones. Like, destroy Jim. Like he hated Jim so he much. He hated him. So much so that he did a parody of Jim Carrey's acting. He he like Whoa. he hated him so much he wanted to out Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey in the movie. It's a weird thing to watch. So I thought that was that. all there was to that. There was just this competitiveness there between Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. And I thought it was because Tommy Lee Jones felt insecure about how good Jim Carrey was. <laughs> but there was like legitimate beef there between those two. Oh, there's real well-documented beef. And wow. it still is like, I'm pretty positive. Tommy Lee would probably like deck him if he saw him. Mm -hmm. Um, That's hilarious. Say. But look, that makes me enjoy the movie more. Yeah. And, and man, let me tell you something. The soundtrack was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, if, anything, if, if there's anything great to take from that movie is the soundtrack. Yeah. The ending song with YouTube playing like that brought me back, man. Mm -hmm. Because, like Seal. I said, I, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, and Seal, Kiss from a Rose, even though it's not actually in the film, it's so synonymous with that movie, you know, even yeah. in the music video for that. I mean, you well, see you know, it. Joel, like, directed the music video, so he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> this is it. We're going to use the rest of these sets while we still have a shot, while we still can do it. I think That's I felt bad for the guys that, uh, you know, because Joel did uh, Lost Boys, and – I feel like everybody was like, oh, man, you know, Batman, Joel's going to do it. It's going to be dark, just like Tim, take the reins. And then they were just showed up in the movie theater and they're just like, what is this? And and this is also my least favorite Batmobile of all time as well. I don't know. If hey, man, that was my favorite toy. So up yours, man. It's a great it's a great toy Batmobile. Practicality wise, not so much. Anytime I, I completely forgot about the sequence where he presses a switch and the wheels just turn. And so the Batmobile strafes down the highway, <laughs> which is so ridiculous and feels so out of, out of left field Dude, in a scene that, that already has a two face dressed in like an old woman shawl carrying a fake <laughs> baby yeah. for somehow the level of ridiculousness to get heightened to that where you're like, all right, a car driving sideways. I can't buy into this. No way. Dude, really shout out that was very uh, Joker. Of him, yeah, it was very lady and whip out a gun or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely very Joker of Two Face to do that. Shout outs to when the Batmobile just went straight up a building. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was cool too. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was a nice touch. I mean, as campy or cheesy as it was, 
it was something unique. The only thing that was missing was for like a celebrity cameo to like come out of the window, like in the 1960s version, and for the <laughs> Batmobile just to run them over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Them over. He did throw out the uh, the holy rusted metal Batman line. As well, <laughs> yes, man. yes. You know, I can remember Batman. watching that as a kid, and the first time I watched it with my parents, they both looked at each other and they paused the movie and they talked about you know how the old Robin used to always say because I didn't know at that point I had to. I didn't watch all those older Batman shows until later in life, but I didn't know that Robin always said, holy kryptonite, Batman. This movie's bad. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think that- It's a good bad. Yeah, it's a good bad. It really is. Bad. It was. I don't know. I wouldn't say that I would rush to go watch it again anytime soon, but I didn't hate the experience of rewatching this. I think that, yeah. uh, you know, as long as I was able to pause it and come back to it every you know few minutes or so, it wasn't that bad. And maybe that's also because of that nostalgia and growing up as a kid watching this on repeat. And like I said, I think you said you disagree with me, Jay, but I think this one's way better than Batman and Robin. Because that yeah, one, oh, hands down. I'm going to be the, the lone Batman and Robin defender until the day I die, I think. That's, hey, a, you, film, that's, a, hill I, that's a hill I will die on. Because I do feel like that's a movie we're never going to get to see Batman like that ever again. And and because especially now it's so it's so interesting watching this and having watched the Batman earlier this year and seeing just, you know, what Christopher Nolan did to the franchise. I think it's it's a step in the direction that makes sense for where modern superhero movies have gone. Right. Yeah. And and taking that to the next level with the way that uh, Matt Reeves has has used uh, the the Riddler and uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. And then go back to this where the Riddler is not a serial killer. The Riddler is just a guy who had one of the boardwalk Zoltan games in his office and was like, oh, that's who I'm going to dress like. I'm going to be this wacky guy. I'm going to be I'm going to make a, a product that saps people's intelligence from the television. There's no way that any kind of cartoonish villainy like that would fly in modern Batman movies. Hey, but, straight up, but, I wanted one of those so bad. The like, TV? It looked like fun. The 3D TV? Yeah. And, and well, no, just not that. The, uh, you know, his, whatever you want to call him, the, his Riddler man. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the one that's like, <laughs> I wanted yeah. one of those so bad. And I have no, I no idea why, but hey, look, as you can see with all my junk, I would gladly take one. It is funny, though, because both Riddlers from the Batman and Batman Forever have the same weird sexual energy. Like, yeah, in both movies, you're like, what is he getting out of this? (laughs) Everything. (laughs) How well do you think the action figure sold as Matt Reeves uh, Riddler compared to Jim Carrey's Riddler? Oh, I feel weird. Like the action figure for that one, because it was too real. Probably not. you know that was very scary because everybody's like man somebody can actually do this Mm -hmm. oh yeah dude i was like the first time i watched that film even though i knew it was coming they they talked about the comparisons to the zodiac killer and everything before the film came out but when i actually saw the movie i was like dang this is really dark you know it's they it's in a lot of ways they took it up a notch from what nolan had done in the past brought some real gritty Hard to swallow realism in some places, especially with the Riddler. 
Yeah. What did you guys think of the glow stick gang? Wow. <laughs> of the what? The glow stick gang. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I Look, thought man, that was great. We've all uh, had those weird honestly, nights at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> honestly, though, I think that Robin is the single worst thing that's happened to Batman in the history of Batman as a character. Not just in this film and not just in the films or the animated, whatever. Like, it is so out of place to me. Even in a wild, crazy, campy world like this, I still don't like to see a Robin. What do you guys think? Am I off base on that? Well, you know, it's just a sidekick. You got your dog, who's your sidekick. I got the super pets, and, you know, but, hey, what's it like to have a grown man have a child as your, you know, sidekick? That doesn't, who you're not related to, depending on how you follow. To the credit of... Joel Schumacher and the writers of this movie, they did not make Robin a teenager. They made Robin yeah. a punk college student with an earring who was a Heck cool yeah. motorcycle guy. Uh, and Robin is still doing the thing that I think he does sort of as like in general as a Batman character, which is he's got a little bit of autonomy, but he's mostly there for comic relief. He's mostly there to be a guy who Batman can kind of, look at and be like, all right, this is my ward. This is my guy. But he's still saying holy rusted metal at the end of the day. Yeah. He's still a trapeze artist. He's still a guy yeah. who they're like, I'm going to bribe you with a motorcycle so that way you stay around my house. Yeah, and he definitely made uh, doing your laundry way more sexier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we had to talk about that. That was great. If I saw some dude like roommate doing this, I was like, are you okay, man? Yeah, this is a cry for help. I think that Alfred is probably the best actor in the film. Yeah. He really brought something to that role more so than ever in this film. Sure, Michael Caine did some good things with the character of Alfred. I wasn't a huge fan of, uh, so far, of the guy that plays Gollum. What's his name? Andy. Andy Serkis. Yes. I mean, you know, he was fine, but he didn't really do much in the character role. But in this film... What's his name? Old boy with the with the super bushy eyebrows. <laughs> his name's uh, Michael Goff. Michael Goff. Yeah. I'm Tony sure Award winning English, English actor. Award. Of course he is. Or was. Um, yeah. And I think with this, with, you know, because he was always Alfred for me as a kid. Pretty much all of the Batmans till, you know, Batman Robin. Those were all my childhood. He always brought the such a good father figure or Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was just such a great supporting, you know, actor. Second favorite Alfred, I'd probably go on the Alfred tier list. So you think Michael Caine, is Michael Caine your first? You trusted me. <laughs> and you I can't top Michael Caine. <laughs> Him just want to do an impression. That's why it's his number one. <laughs> Dude. Dude, when he was crying at that grave, I was like, don't you do this to me, Michael. Don't you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they had that little exchange between uh, Bale and, and Kane in the third Batman film, when yeah. he was, it was just like it essentially was just like, "Hey, man, it's it's still it's pretty dark that you're still Batman." He was yeah. essentially going like, "You're going to die." It was in the trailer. I remember that. So this I Alfred do, I can't do this anymore. certainly looked the most like an Alfred. Yeah. I think yeah. out of any Alfred, he's got the Alfred look. He's got the thick glasses. He doesn't seem very intimidating in terms of in like stature. 
but he speaks with authority and you're like a little bit a little bit scared of alfred and what he's capable of but also he's a he's a, a english butler who looks kind of mr magooish now that I yep. think about it, hasn't every Alfred been some kind of because even Andy Circus won a lot of a, awards for his motion capture with mm-hmm. Gollum. There's like a theme of like Alfred is the most prestigious actor in the cast. At least just seems like it as we're talking about it. Yeah, and you had uh, Jeremy Irons. He played Scar and uh and yeah. Lion King. Jeremy Irons, wonderful. Excalibur too, right? Wasn't yeah. he? I ain't seen that in forever. And mm-hmm. um he was in uh, he was in Watchmen. Oh yeah. He was Ozymandias. The TV the TV the show. The TV right? show, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So huh. What about Chase Meridian? What did you guys think about Nicole Kidman? Oh my gosh. I love uh, Nicole so much in that movie. <laughs> and watching that movie again, like I said, she was ready to go. She was like, please, Batman, take me right here in front of the bat signal. <laughs> thank goodness Commissioner Gordon showed up. Or it, he was going to see some things. <laughs> These are my Mr. Gordon. What a square! The, my two least favorite characters in this movie are Ch- the Chase Meridian and this version of Commissioner Gordon. I don't like uh, a frumpy Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Especially the first, you know, Batman '89. It was just yeah. kind of goofy. Exactly. And this guy was. It felt like he's cut from the same cloth as that Commissioner Gordon. So uh, I was going to say, wasn't it the same Commissioner Gordon from 89 all the way to Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin. Yeah, right? Yeah. It, 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 uh, I remember nice. Poison Ivy, and he was like, yeah, I want some. You know, she yep. put her, her dust on him. And, and she's like, you're too old for me. <laughs> Classic. I, uh, yeah, I'm a Chase Meridian in this movie. Look, I love Nicole Kidman. I will get. Uh, I will stand and applaud for her every time I see her in the AMC theaters intro. But <laughs> Chase Meridian is a character just not doing it for me. And I looked up to confirm she was invented for this movie and they have back, you know, uh, uh, backtracked and put her back into the comics. And they initially did uh, not use, made her look different in the comics because they didn't want to pay Nicole Kidman royalties for the uh, character. That's how little they regard Chase Meridian as important to the Batman universe. Well, I did a little bit uh, different research. I was looking up, was she still married to Tom Cruise? That's what I did. Ooh, I think so. I did not not think that's what you were going to say when you said you were doing research. 96, (laughs) right? 96, 97 when this came out? 96? Yeah, so this would be Tom towering over him. Yes. All six, six of her. I don't know how tall she is. She's tall. She's almost know, Sigourney Weaver level tall. Sigourney Weaver, she, ta- the tallest actress out there. Yeah, how tall is she? Sigourney Weaver, I think, is six seven or six eight. She's Whoa! A unit. Really? There's a great photo. Means. This is something I ver- I very much remember from this time in my life because I was a big Nickelodeon magazine subscriber, and they had one issue where they talked about like weird celebrity facts, and one of them was Sigourney Weaver is the the, the tallest working actor and Danny DeVito is the shortest working actor. And they had a picture of them together and it was great just to see that Danny DeVito needed to be like two Danny DeVito's tall to be the same height as Sigourney Weaver. They got to do a buddy cop movie now. Yes. Dude, <laughs> that is unbelievable. She's six foot eight. No, that's, that's incorrect. That's why it is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> she's a uh, six, three and heels. She's five eleven. 
I don't oh, know where he got that stat God. from. This is me not believing, remembering things correctly as a child. That's okay, man. <laughs> it happens. But uh, yeah, I would say that she's a great actress. Everything else she's been in, she's phenomenal. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because she was really just trying to throw herself into this world. But man, her acting in this film was just really like, maybe it was the dialogue that was so cringe, you know, for me. I but think it was- for sure. Yeah, I think that's for me really more the problem is not not her acting necessarily because she's doing what I would imagine she was directed to do. Mm-hmm. But the writing and, and shoehorning her into this, like the scene just alone where she is punching a punching bag in her office and Val Kilmer has to bust the door down and this whole like them trying to figure out the door thing, like there's no... <laughs> place for that in a batman movie there's no need for a scene like that to happen yeah huh? they're both she trying she was in trouble okay <laughs> but kung fu happens randomly all the time in our daily lives okay it's unavoidable yeah. see and her being a whatever she was psychotherapist whatever you see some dude good looking guy just come tear your huge door down it makes you think oh wonder why he's so strong Makes you makes you look at his duck lips, be like, "What does that mouth do?" Uh-huh. <laughs> I would say this is the shallowest pick for Bruce as far as uh, love interests go. Like every other Batman girlfriend has either been like a superhero, super villainess, or just like a very interesting character in general. And in this mm-hmm. one, he's just like, "Oh, Batman groupie." All right, yeah, heck yeah, easy layup. If you had to give this film a rating on a scale from one to ten or zero to ten, zero being Absolutely unredeemable in every way possible, and ten being perfect. Where would you rank it? We'll start with you, Mister J. This is tough because I I still watched this movie and thought it was bad. Again, it has some charm, but even the charm can't really save it. I'm going to give this a four out of ten. Okay, that's that's nice to me. Gosh, you're harsh, man. I don't know. No, that's nice. I think that that's very polite. <laughs> I, I oh, tell man, you what, that was harsh, to, harsh, 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 just to just to give you guys my standpoint on this film, I have it ranked as a two, and this is why. In my two point fives, I have movies like you know Spider Man three, which I think Spider Man three is better than this one. <laughs> like honestly, that's how it's bad definitely I, more entertaining than this one. Yeah, and and yeah, even like uh, Spawn, the first or the only Spawn movie I have as a two point five, so I couldn't. I couldn't put it in that 2.5 territory. I had to bring it down to a two. So that's me. What do you think, Wyatt? Um, well, like I said, I'm. this is part of my childhood, so it's very hard for me to like just demolish it because it had some of my favorite people in it. I'd probably give it a six because, or a seven, 6.57. Then the reason why is because soundtrack was, you know, carries a good bit. Now, of course, we're just talking movie alone. Yeah, sure. Like I said, it's a part of my childhood. I would say just a, a six, 5.56. That's kind of where I would go to because it also was a part of my childhood. I would go six to 6.5, but then if you watch it from Batman Returns and then you watch Batman Forever, it's like an 11 out of 10 just to be like, this is the same story. <laughs> 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 We're just completely ignoring all that crazy stuff and- that happened. And also, I just, you know, I was being a nerd and I was like uh, looking up. I was, I looked up why Michael Keaton wasn't in it. He looked at the script and said, no, I am not doing this. 
I think that says a lot. Heck Smart yeah. move, yes. And you guys mentioned the toy sales. That was literally Joel Schumacher's goal in the studio. Well, the studio the won him because what ended up happening when he, I'm sorry, when he did the first uh, script, it was supposed to be Batman like year one. It was supposed to be super dark, classic Tim Burtony, you know, or Joel Lost, Lost Boys esque. They were on board, but the studio was like, no, we want toy sales. And Michael Keaton was on board for year one. And they didn't want to do a, you know, what is it, origin story or prequel, however you want to call it. They didn't want to go back in time, so to speak. So that's why they were like, no, you're going to make a bright film and we're going to sell toys. And Michael Keaton said, I'm out. To be fair, we were talking about how, like, how few action figures they probably sold for the Batman. Like, Batman Returns, how many action figures could you sell for that movie, too? Like, that was probably not the most profitable merchandising you got Batman, you got a woman in a skin tight latex cat suit, Terrifying, and you got man. and you got literally still the scariest Batman villain that's been put on screen. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kids. We got you. That's we what got I got for Christmas. Serial killers. Maybe that's really? why it turned out the way I am. I had Batman Returns, everything. Post that makes complete sense. <laughs> it does. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Why don't you let us know where we can find you on YouTube, Mr. J, and everywhere else on social media? Yeah, you can follow me at Diet J on all the social media and my podcast, Blockbusting, the podcast where we love to hate the movies, at Blockbusting Pod on all the socials. Heck yeah. What about yourself, Mr. Tim? Uh, follow me on Instagram, comedian underscore T dot Watt. I won't, I won't spell that out because we're being family friendly, but uh, that's where you'll find info to all the other little shenanigans I like to do. Heck yeah. Is there anything you'd like to plug, Mr. Wyatt? Oh, no, man. I used to be a streamer and I used to be the OG Wyatt. And you can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, all that. But I'm more of a lurker. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Also, guys, thanks for watching the video. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Real Comic Book Cinema. You can also find us on Facebook. We're also in the podcasting, podcasting realm now. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music. Anywhere where you can find podcasts, we're on. And also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash comic book cinema. Until next time, have a good one.